0: At the moment, in this country, retail outlets need to tell customers where their fish comes from by law, but in a restaurant or a fish and chip shop, it's up to the owner. Lachlan Williams spends a lot of time with fish, both labelled and unlabelled. He's the head chef at a seafood restaurant and fish and chip kiosk in Black Rock Beach in Melbourne. Lachlan, welcome to Life Matters.
1: Thanks for having me. How do you
0: handle fish labelling at your restaurant and kiosk?
1: Um, At Cerberus Beach House. We've been buying fresh Australian seafood and labeling accordingly for for a few years now. And particularly in a restaurant, you know, we use our chalkboard to give customers exact information about location of the fish as well as its name and We're not going to have uh, too much to change in that respect.
0: So, I mean, obviously it's pretty easy if you've just walked down the jetty and got the fish from someone local. But if it comes to you from the wholesale markets, how easy is it to find out where that fish is from specifically?
1: It's not always easy to find out a specific location. They're pretty good with just giving us um, what state it was caught in. But there are some uh, suppliers who are independent and giving a lot of that information information um, and being more transparent. So that's making my job easier.
0: Well, yes, I understand that you're putting a fair bit of effort, Lachlan, into supporting local fishing industries. How does that? Uh, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we've moved away from selling flake is a good example. It's not a particular species, but it covers any kind of shark. Um, so you could be eating absolutely anything if you're ordering flake. And we have moved away from that and I won't sell it anymore and I'll only use uh, fish that I can name.
0: So that's an interesting approach when you look at the the breadth of fish and chip shops and restaurants and their different approaches to labelling the seafood provenance across this country. Why have you chosen to do it this way?
1: It was more off the back of not being able to get specific information about what the shark was that they were sending me. And I think, you know, for the huge quantities of flake that it would be sold across Australia, it, it's not a sustainable way to go forward. Thus, the wholesaler should be saying exactly what it is that they're selling you and not labelling it flake.
0: Well, and there's a lot of people who would be very, very interested in where their fish comes from. It seems like it's it's become much more important to people in the last couple of decades. But how do customers respond to the way you do things, Lachlan? Because I imagine there's also a bit of cost of living pressure that means that uh, they might like the cheaper imported option as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think people initially thought, you know, their first, the first thing they'll ask for is, oh, I would like the flake. Um, so then the staff have to explain to them that we no longer sell flake when it's available and, you know, court will do local gummy if, you know, gummy shark is an option, but otherwise um, we'll give them alternatives and, uh, tell them, you know, this is a, a locally caught fish, similar in texture and flavour to gummy, and you should give it a try.
0: So it relies on people, uh, I guess the staff, knowing what some of the alternatives might be and being able to tailor that to the customer's needs.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of time and effort spent um, with, with staff talking about that.
0: Now, a, a federal consultation process into whether restaurants and fish and chip shops should have to label country of origin on their seafood has just wrapped up. What are your thoughts on that? Would you like to see a change?
1: Absolutely. I think we're, we're doing the right thing and we've been doing the right thing for quite some time now. Um, but, you know, we are competing with places that are, you know, selling imported seafood for a third of the cost that I'm getting it. And they're not telling people that it's from Asia.
0: So uh, are you worried about the compliance costs that might come into that? The Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman was saying, look, it's going to put too high a burden on small businesses. Some of them are going to have to change their menus quite frequently, seasonally, as fish come in and out of availability. Is that something that worries you?
1: It is. It definitely is. And we get around that by, we just have on our menu catch of the day. And then, you know, we can let customers know on the day what that fish is. So we don't have to have it printed obviously that would change pretty regularly. So,
0: Yeah, it's a low-tech but pretty effective solution, it seems to, a problem like that. Do you you think that if fish was more accurately labelled, Lachlan, it would get people over the line to paying that little bit extra if they felt they could trust that they were getting a more sustainable option?
1: I definitely think that there is a mentality that fish and chips is a very cheap meal um, and people expect to come out and not pay too much for it. But I think, you know, as with everything, meat and chicken and eggs, when people found out what it was that they were eating and they weren't happy about that. So there was big changes in 10 years and I think that, that fish will come next.
0: That's an interesting uh, point of view. Lachlan, thanks so much for joining us on Life Matters. Thank you. Lachlan Williams runs a, a seafood restaurant and a fish and chip kiosk in Black Rock Beach in Melbourne, uh, one of the Bayside areas of Melbourne. To tell us a bit more about this recent consultation process, Dr. Kat Dory joins us. She's the Australian Marine Conservation Society's e- Fair Catch campaign manager. They're one of the organisations that made a submission to the consultation process. Dr. Dory, welcome to Life Matters.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, when we go into a fish and chip shop now or a seafood restaurant, how much do we expect to know about the fish that we're buying?
2: Well, in this day and age, I'd expect to know what the species is and where it's from. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. Um, It's it's left up to to anyone in hospitality, how much information they give you on on menus or even um, on chalkboards or however they provide that information Um, you have to have obviously more information in retailers and I often find some fairly good information there, but it's not very consistent.
0: So why is the law different for retail outlets compared to hospitality venues when it comes to labelling seafood?
2: When they originally set up labelling laws, they decided that, well, the government decided that hospitality and food service would be exempt. Um, There was a Senate inquiry in 2014 that recommended actually this exemption be removed for seafood because seafood's just so different from our other food. Um, And now the government consulting on this.
0: Interesting. Dr. Dory, why is it a problem if we can't get accurate labelling about what fish we're buying and where it comes from? Why is that such a big deal?
2: Well there's a few a few reasons. So seafood is not like other food. It's complicated, it needs more special attention. So first of all, seafood is seafood from fisheries is the last remaining food that we're getting from the wild. And there's a lot of different ways to catch fish and we're not doing a great job globally of of doing that sustainably or ethically. Another point is that 65% of our seafood in Australia is imported. About half the seafood we eat is farmed and half is fished. And we eat a huge range of different marine species and freshwater species that are all sort of lumped together under the term seafood. So it's a really complicated world. And if we want to choose sustainable and ethical seafood, we actually need to know what the species is, how it's caught or farmed, where it's caught or farmed, and who did this.
0: I I understand a new report into mislabelling just came out from an organisation called the Mindaroo Foundation. What did that find about how accurately labelling happens when it does happen?
2: It unfortunately doesn't happen very often. So they, the the Mindaroo Foundation looked at um, over 600 samples taken from seafood from across the board, um, from retailers, from fishmongers, from pubs and bars and cafes, things like that, and they discovered that only about 26% were actually labelled with an actual species name. So a lot of them just had vague terms like flake or snapper, which could cover a huge range of different species, and then they did DNA testing, and they found that overall, twelve percent of seafood did not match their label. Even with a bad label like shark, some of them weren't even sharks. Or um, so some of the things they found were um, shark was hiding shark, and flake were hiding quite a range of threatened species of sharks and and rays. We even found that some species were labelled like tilapia and barramundi were enabled able to sla- snapper. So these are not even related fish species. So there was a huge amount of mislabelling going on in there and, and strange mislabelling as well. I guess it's interesting how you said that, that fish
0: is a different kind of food to other kinds of food because I was thinking when you buy a burger, you don't get the breed of the cow, do you? You just get that it's beef and you, know, you don't know where the tomato came from. Why does it matter so much with fish when it might not with beef, say?
2: Well, it's a lot of different species. So beef, cows are still, it's still one animal. It's still a cow. But the way we label at the moment, like you wouldn't want to buy a burger that was just mammal burger or bird burger. You'd want to know that it was beef or sheep or pig. Um, but we have hundreds and hundreds of different seafood species. And because it's a wild caught food, there are a lot of issues of sustainability and ethical. So We've overfished a lot of our our global fisheries, around 30% are overfished. We have a lot of fishing methods that aren't very targeted. They take out a lot of bycatch, particularly impacting a range of threatened marine species like dolphins, turtles, other sharks. And we also have problems with um, how how the fishermen are treated. So there are quite a few increasing numbers we're discovering now cases of um, mistreatment of crew all the way up to seafood slavery. So when people are buying seafood, they really need to know a lot more information. Australian seafood is much better managed. we have we have our own issues, but, Compared to some fisheries out around the world, we have a lot fewer problems. Well, I was wondering how easy it
0: is to track those supply chains. Is it about the labelling at this end or is it that the the people uh, who are selling the fish in their hospitality venues can't find it out from the other points in that supply chain that, that go perhaps long distances and through many
2: steps? Yeah, this is exactly the problem. Seafood supply chains are complicated, particularly if it's imported. Um, seafood can often be caught in in one location, then the the boat travels to another country to offload. Then it can be off. Then it can be sent to another country for processing. So yeah, those supply chains are complicated, and traceability and transparency is is pretty dire. And that's what we're calling for. So we're calling for both both in Australia and globally increased traceability and transparency, and then end point labelling. So traceability from the point of catch all the way to your plate. And we're also calling for better laws about what can be imported into the country. So we don't want an open door policy on all the worst forms of fishing. We want a bit more of a control, a minimum standard at least, that makes sure that we're not buying from fisheries that use slavery or from illegal fisheries or from fisheries that are very destructive of the marine environment. We're speaking with Dr Kat Dorey. She's
0: the Australian Marine Conservation Society's Fair Catch campaign manager. They put in a submission to this recent consultation process that the federal government ran to find out whether we should change the rules around labelling seafood within hospitality venues. We already have to tell you where it comes from in a retail outlet, but you don't need to know the country of origin at a hospitality venue unless the, uh, the owner feels like telling you, as we heard before. From one owner who felt like it was a really important thing to do for ethical reasons, but also because his customers were interested in that. Tell me a bit about this consultation process, Kat. What exactly was it exploring, and and was was it kind of going in with the assumption that the laws should be changed, or or trying to ask whether they should be?
2: It was a combination. So there was a, there's been two rounds. The first one explored a little bit more was was mainly more of more of the question should it be changed? And then the second round um was looking at different options. So there's still the option of no changes. Then there's a second option of uh, requiring the country of origin to appear on on seafood sold in hospitality. And the third option is the lesser of the two, which is just requiring whether it's Australian, imported or of mixed origin. So, it wouldn't give the third option, wouldn't give you the actual country. It would just say kind of Australian or not. Well, then mixed origin is interesting, isn't it? Because
0: a lot of seafood comes in kind of piles (laughs) that's perhaps been mixed together. It must be very hard to separate where that's from.
2: Yeah, I think it's so. For example, if you had a seafood pizza, that could, you know, you could have some prawns on there and some mussels or other things like that. I think if you regularly source from different suppliers, it might require you to just say mixed. so prawns for example maybe you get prawns from a guy down the road and when they're not available then you can take imported prawns so it's it's not very clear to me how people would define mixed
0: yeah, but I'm I thinking, think I think
2: it's more. It's more if you have like a seafood linguine or something yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, spaghetti marinara, very good yeah, example. Exactly. I'm, I'm getting the sense that the Australian Marine Conservation Society is not in favour of no change. But what would you like to see? Would you like to just see the Australian versus imported versus mixed, or would you like to go for the more specific country of origin labelling?
2: Definitely the country of origin label. It's all very well to just say it's Australian. And not, or not Australian, but there are some good seafood choices out in the imported seafood world. We don't produce enough seafood ourselves to only eat Australian. 65% is imported. So we need to import seafood, but we need to know that that's coming from responsibly sourced seafood. So we want to know definitely a first step is country of origin, but we actually need to know more than that. We need to be very clear about what the species is, not some just generic umbrella term, but the actual species of seafood, where it was caught, how it was caught, and who caught it.
0: Have other countries made this work? Have they been able to trace back all those supply chains, which, as you say, are so opaque and so long and convoluted? Have they been able to successfully, accurately have point-of-sale labelling in hospitality
2: venues? So not necessarily hospitality venues, but in Europe they're now required Um, in the retail sector to have species name, both the common and scientific name, uh, the ocean region it was caught and the method. Um, We've seen here in Australia, Aldi, for example, has that kind of level of information. They've even got a full list of the fisheries that they source from on their website. So retailers have done it. Um, Certain chefs who are part of our good fish uh, responsible restaurants program have done that. So there's definitely, you know, best practice around the world. People have managed to to get this traceability, but it is difficult. But the more of us that are doing it, the more it's required in more countries, then it's going to become not the norm.
0: Well, you mentioned the fishing method and a lot of, you know, home seafood cooks are desperately wondering what are the best options when it comes to sustainability. Can you tell if something's better just because it's, say, wild caught versus farmed?
2: Not necessarily, no. Unfortunately, it's that classic. Um, there's just so many different ways that you can fish and so many different ways you can farm. We actually have a seafood guide called the Good Fish Guide, which People in Australia can use, and there's a number of other seafood guides around the world as well. If you can find a, a decent level of information on your packaging, that will tell you whether it's from a sustainable source. So we do kind of a, a, a traffic light system of green, amber, red, of green for eat as much as you like, amber is eat, eat now and then because um, it might not be the most responsible, and then the red is ooh, probably best avoid. And does that vary from state to state and territory to territory around Australia? Yes, it will. It'll depend on, you know, if the, if the stock is healthy or not and how how the particular fisheries are being managed.
0: So given that we're all being told to eat more fish, particularly oily fish, for health reasons, is it even sustainable to go out into your local markets and, and look for fish? Is that something we should be doing two or three times a week as it's recommended?
2: Well, I think it's a personal choice and, you know, we have a lot of different choices for food in Australia, so we're pretty lucky. But there's some people who have dietary restrictions. So I think the most important thing is that people are making an informed choice. They need to know what it is that they're eating, be able to compare it to what the other choices are and make that choice for themselves. So that's why we need this information. Everyone's going to have their own own ethics, um, their own dietary requirements, but there are there's definitely fish out there that is perfectly sustainable and fine to eat. It's a matter of, of of finding that. Make sure you're supporting those local fisheries that are doing the right thing. Make sure you're supporting those retailers that label properly. And those restaurants and cafes that, that know where their fish is coming from.
0: Uh, the guide that d- Ken- Dr. Kat Dory mentioned is called the Good oh. Fish Guide, just so you can find it online. Kat, the Australian seafood industry is generally in favour of increased labelling. They're saying, you know, it can only help the local industry. But many groups representing the hospitality industry are not in favour. They say the compliance costs will be too high and there wouldn't be enough benefit to the local industry to justify that. Isn't that a fair argument that labelling alone wouldn't be enough to make? make people choose the more expensive local option necessarily?
2: There's definitely ways to make it cheaper. As Lachlan was saying, we, we don't have to have menus printed reprinted every day. We have specials for these reasons. People have specials on on chalkboards, they have specials on an extra little leaflet that's printed out. So there's a way to do it that's, that's better. And also it means that it, it gives a level playing field to those who are already doing the right thing. Because at the moment... If you're selling Australian seafood, you're going to be charging a higher price because it's of higher quality and you know what the provenance is. It's a lot easier. To sell dubious seafood that comes from who knows where, if you don't have to label it properly. If these restaurants and cafes want to sell seafood, they should be very clear and honest about where it, what it is and where it's from, so that people can make that informed choice. Kat,
0: what do you expect to see come from this consultation? Can we
2: work out which
0: way the government's going to come down? Either way,
2: I have a, have a sense that it will that it will definitely require. Some level, but I don't know whether it'll go with the the, the more simple Australian versus imported. Or the country of origin. I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that it will go for the full country of origin. I think there's probably enough support from the industry, particularly the, the Australian seafood industry, for that to happen. And it is a benefit to our Australian industry to know that exactly where our seafood's coming from. Um, and and globally, globally there's a real push towards this traceability and transparency. And Australia does not want to be left behind on that. Time will tell.
0: Dr. Kat Dory, thanks so much for joining us on Life Matters.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Dr Kat Dory is the Australian Marine Conservation Society's Fair Catch campaign manager. And you heard too from Lachlan Williams, head chef at a seafood restaurant and fish and chip kiosk at Black Rock Beach in Melbourne. And an update on this interview, which we recorded earlier in the year. Following the consultation process, the Federal Government has recommended the Australian versus imported versus mixed labelling option for hospitality venues, rather than the more detailed country of origin labelling. Consumer Affairs Ministers in all states and territories need to vote on the AIM labelling model for it to become a permanent change in Australian consumer law.
1: Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.